Hello and welcome to Find Your Center. I'm Kim Perrone, Certified Life Coach with the Center for Clarity, Compassion, and Contentment. And as I always say, I know that's a mouthful, so you can just call it Center for C. The name, though, it is meaningful, and these are the qualities that we need more of, clarity, compassion, and contentment, and hopefully you find them in every episode. So I thank you for listening. I'm here with Tisha from the Slightly Unmeditated Podcast channel. Hello, Tisha. Hello, Kim. (laughs) I just want to take a moment to, to say how appreciative I am of you being here of all that you do for the Slightly Unmeditated Podcast channel and all you do for Find Your Center. Um, This has really been a magical relationship and we're getting lots of good feedback from listeners. And I just, you know, part of it is the magic of you pulling these elements together to make something amazing for listeners. Well, thank you. And I would not know I was a magician unless you had pointed it out. So forever indebted to you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can use your magic wand wherever you feel uh, it needs a little magic. And for anyone who didn't listen to episode 46 of Slightly Unmeditated, where we talked about archetypes, you can go back and I think you'll enjoy it. And Tisha Shirley is a magician archetype. And uh, so that was a fun episode to do. Very fun. That was an amazing episode. I highly encourage anybody to do it with (laughs) you because it brought a self-confidence booster. Like what a great way to to kind of focus, especially like the new year coming up and people are trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives and finding their purpose. And I think about it constantly. I go back to my three archetype, my three primary archetypes and it's just like, yeah, you got this. Keep going. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And I do I do as well. I go back to my three primary types and go, yep, okay, I get this. And it's very validating. Mm-hmm. So, you know, other people might look at you and not, not, not you specifically, Tisha, just anybody, <laughs> you, I mean, the generic you, and go like, just, I don't get it. And, and we don't always have to be got and, and we, but we can be fulfilling our purpose and following meaning and doing things that are innately in our nature. And that's good. We should be doing that. We should be feeling good. And today's topic actually is, is a little different as well. Today's topic is exploring surrender and sanctuary. And I'm going to share the unusual way that surrender can serve and how we can cultivate a perfect sanctuary to enable us to live from our highest self, achieve great heights. Um, I think both surrender and sanctuary are antidotes to distress and stress and overwhelm and pathways to our best uh, and most successful life. And so, but (laughs) they really are terms that, that, maybe we're not as comfortable with because surrender, well, first and foremost, let me just go surrender right there. I mean, it has such a negative connotation in our Mm. culture. It means giving up and giving up in a, in a world of, you know, no pain, no gain, and you're making your own way. And if you're not, you know, doing, 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 then nothing's going to happen for you. And what do you think about when I say surrender? So I do know better. It might be a little harder for me to, to kind of say that. But what I can tell you is that my, most of my life, I was uh, definitely got to go, got to go, got to go, or I'm not going anywhere. Uh, resting, relaxing. I don't even know how to relax. I go on vacation. I want to go. I want to see everything I've never seen before. I want to do everything I've never done before. And there's no (laughs) surrender there. (laughs) There's no giving up. Um, And so that's what's interesting that now that I've learned what you're going to talk about, the surrender you're going to talk about Mm -hmm. in a positive way. And I actually am kind of incorporating that into my life. It is so dramatically different. Anxiety levels, like gone. I mean, it is just fascinating how 
how much your advice like works really well when you put it into practice. Oh boy, that's so exciting. So I'm so glad we're talking about this today. So, so we'll start with thinking about surrender as a path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. So in terms of a path of least resistance, we might think that that's, oh, that's taking the easy way out. Oh, that's being lazy. But really, if we think about nature, nature takes the path of least resistance. Water, that's the most strongest element in, in the whole world, is takes the path of least resistance. It flows where it can. Okay. So actually now we're tying in, we were just talking about the archetypes, just hearkening back to that other episode where we talked about it, where you learned more about yourself and how that made so much more sense, what your tendencies are. Well, the path of least resistance when it comes to us as individuals doesn't mean lazy or taking the easy way out. It kind of means what's the most natural for you? Like the mm-hmm. way nature flows to the through the path of least resistance and it doesn't charge through trees and tree trunks, it, it how that water flows around everything, we too can do that and use it as a guide for what is natural for us as opposed to the other side is maybe hitting our head against a brick wall, mm. finding that we're bumping into closed doors. Nothing's working. We get frustrated. Things, why is this not working for me? I'm trying things. Things work out for other people. Well, maybe those closed doors and those brick walls are a sign of redirection. Yeah. And not in a bad way, like in the best possible way. So every time you say the path of least resistance, I'm trying to think of like examples in my head that I, and naturally, as you said, nature, um, I'm, um, I will avoid conflict, right? Especially if it's like stupid conflict, like that I don't need to be involved in. Mm -hmm. Say I'm in a store and, you know, somebody's blocking the aisle or whatever, and they know they're blocking the aisle, and I'm not going to really, I don't want to disturb my own peace of mind by having to deal with somebody who potentially could just be a jerk, right? Mm -hmm. This might be a stretch, but let's just go with it. I see where you're going. I get it. My my path of least resistance would just be to walk the other way and go Mm -hmm. around them, right? And I've always kind of lived like that and in those kind of day-to-day aspects, you know, choosing the path of least resistance. I understand it now a little bit on a different level where I can incorporate that into other things of my life. Like, um, I'm interested to hear more about like what you're defining as surrender in a good way so that Mm -hmm. I can relate. But, but that would be an example, right. Of the path of like, uh, like a, an everyday example of a path of least resistance, right? It would be because to, I think it's a great example, actually. So here's the path of more resistance. You, It might be more resistance to say, can you move out of my way, please? Or can you move so I can get by? And, and maybe even, even nicer, like, excuse me, of course, we do that all the time, right? Yeah. But let's just say that person gives you a dirty look. Yeah. Well, what are the odds that you're going to be thinking about that dirty look for the rest of the day? Yeah. Wasting your energy, frustrated at how rude people are. So yeah, you don't need any of that. And so actually just turning around and going the other way really was, you didn't waste any energy really. And you just moved along your way. You just flowed around in the way that made sense. The way right. that was just open and clear. So think think about that, the way that is open and clear. Yep. So not from a lazy perspective. It's actually kind of a spiritual law of success. It's the law of least effort. And mm-hmm. effort is energy. And we are all amazing efforters. as human beings, we work so hard and we put so much energy into things. However, 
if you have sort of a natural gift, let's just say, you know, you're, you're more musical than you are uh, mathematical. Mm. What would be the law of least effort going into something around music or going into something around math? Right. Okay. How many people would actually tell you to go into math because there's no money in music? Uh, <laughs> a million times. I graduated art school. I've heard it all, right? So yeah. I, my intuition never kind of let me do those things. So I'm so grateful that I have a long history of, of being able to recognize and taking the path of least resistance. I always love the Robert Frost poem, The Road Not Taken. Um, That's always one I remember forever. And I often think about that as like the path of least resistance because it's less crowded and I get to explore a lot more things than I would on the popular path, right? And you had used that example before so beautifully that you went when you went to art school, it flowed so much better. It 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 made sense to you. Of course it did. So then things flow. So I do want people to think, okay, surrender, not bad. Surrender, good. So one, it might be just surrendering to what is innate in you and following mm-hmm. that path, even in the case of it not making a whole lot of sense to a whole lot of people. Right. That kind of following your heart, your skill, your intuition. But also, I want to say, too, surrender could be back to that hitting the brick wall. You're fighting, fighting, fighting. If you're fighting so hard to do something, evaluate why it's so hard. Mm. What What is that lesson there? Why is it quite so hard? Because the, the law of least effort would say that maybe the, the thing that's most effort, like, uncomfortable effort, not like joyful effort, right? like law school, if you want to be a lawyer kind of thing. I just mean, you know, maybe you got a question, is that your path and that you keep being pushed off it? That's why it's so hard. You're getting pushed off it. That's not where, that's not where you're supposed to go. And, but we resist. So rather than accept and be okay with who we are and maybe that we're not, um, that we don't, that we can give up something that is failing, failing, failing. Um, I actually had talked, some of my early clients were entrepreneurs that were pr- pretty much ruining their health. And mm. we we talked in the last episode about entrepreneurship. And the other side of entrepreneurship is we might think we're entrepreneur, any one of us. And if it's wrecking our health, ruining mm. our life, squeezing out any joy, then we don't have to be entrepreneurs. It it, it doesn't need to be a label that you have if it's not working and it's not feeling good. And I don't mean not feeling good for maybe those early stages when you're scrimping and scraping. I just mean, overall, you don't have to wear that label if it doesn't, if it's not working. If it's too much effort and it's hurting you, then that would be drop it, go work for someone else and, mm. and enjoy that and enjoy maybe more of the freedom in one way and, and, and more restriction in another way that would flip flop, but it's okay. We don't need to resist what is. We want to accept what is, and we don't want to be abusing ourselves. Right. And, you know, obviously being flexible, I know I saw a quote somewhere that said about the the tree, the strongest tree withstands the hurricane because it can bend, you know, and be flexible in the situation. And that's what I'm thinking about. It's probably a strength of mine where I can be flexible to all kinds of situations. You know, if there's some kind of, if you're in a parking lot and there's a conflict or whatever, I'm not going to get involved. I'm going to (laughs) walk as far away from it as possible um, because it's not worth you know, my time and energy to get caught up in that. And I actually evaluate most things in my life to this day about how how is it going to affect me feeling and how is it going to affect my energy? Is it a waste of my energy or is it an investment of my energy? And that's exactly how to start shifting the way we think about it is, is it worth the energy? 
Are you going to waste the energy or should you conserve the energy for some better use? And so in times of, I guess, when things are really falling apart. So I think about an example in my own life, you know, before I became a coach, things were falling apart and I didn't have a clear idea of what I was going to do. And I was dangerously close to bitter, not better, because Mm -hmm. my resilient bag of tricks, and I think we should do resilience next. So note to self, as uh, Matthew McConaughey says in Green Lights, (laughs) note to self. I was just thinking about his book, because (laughs) if I can remember, I'll come back to that. That's so weird, but go on. (laughs) So so note to self, uh, resilience requires that... um, you know, we bounce back, we find a path forward. And the reason why I was dangerously close to bitter, not better, was not because it was the hardest thing in my life. It was the it was the thing that was coming on top of a lot of hard things in my life. And my resilience bag of tricks was empty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've been digging in that bag. I've been creating the new plans. I've been making the new path forward. I've been flexible. I've been adapting. And I was really close to just dangerously close, as I say, to being bitter, not better. And it was career oriented. Obviously, after I lost my son, it, it, rocked my career world. Um, in, in, it was rocky and I was a communication person. So I was kind of in the public eye, which was a little ugly at the time when I had a lot of ugly grief and pain. And then I had actually was reorganized three years later, which was painful in a different way. And, but then I got into another job that I really loved and it was almost like going home to something I had done before. It was economic development instead of private industry. And that was great. My sister was diagnosed with cancer and I spent my first year on that job helping her through cancer to her ultimate death. And she had a little one, uh, a little baby at the time she was diagnosed and he was still a baby uh, when she passed away. So, you know, it was like, okay, this changes the plan or it changes my career picture. I was very distraught thinking about my surviving son who was only about 13 at the time. And, you know, now my, my nephew who lost his mother and my brother-in-law who lost his wife. And, you know, my, now my parents are bereaved parents. They were bereaved grandparents. I'm a bereaved you know, my husband and I are bereaved parents. And it's like, this is just so unfair. This is like, this is rocking my world. It's wrecking my career. It's, I'm doing lots of grief. I'm doing lots of pivoting before we use the word pivot Hmm. and, and changing and adapting and doing the best I can. And it, and it did alter, I have to say in the aftermath of my sister's passing, and, and this is not to diminish my son's passing five years before that, it's just more that the combination of the two changed my ambition level. Mm. And I wanted to focus more on the boys and I wanted to focus more on having time for them. So at that point I resigned for my job. And so it was four four years later. Yeah. Four years later, I was a career crossroads. Everybody's good. And I had taken other jobs, but they were more not the face, not the PR person or the communication manager or director. It was more, I took jobs for tons of flexibility and I was a little bit more back office communication and I, uh, you know, liked it, but I thought, Hmm, everybody's good. I'm ready to move up the ladder. And I had a job and I had a job offer and I knew who I was going to work for because it was someone I knew and the company was acquired. Mm. before I was brought on board, luckily before I was brought on board. And I, it was like, this is the third time I've been pushed off my career path. And at first I was like, oh, I've been through worse, you know? I mean, at first I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. I've been through a lot worse. Don't worry about me. The company has been acquired. I told the GM who was going to hire me, you worry about you. Yeah. I'm a pro at this. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought, so, and then I looked in my bag of resilience tricks and it was empty. Mm. 
So as I started to send resumes out and I wasn't hearing anything back, I started to get like angry. Mm -hmm. I was getting angry. Like this is the third time I have been pushed off the path. Mm -hmm. And I was angry and dangerously close to bitter, but I didn't have an answer. So for the first time, I didn't have a plan. I, I didn't get, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And there, enter surrender. Mm. It wasn't just me deciding. And this is not me operating all on my own power. I am making things happen. And okay, not to make fun of that, but I mean, I was making things happen, but I was at a moment where I just, now I really didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I really didn't have a plan. And I said, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do now? And he just sat with that question for a little bit, like a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. And the answer came, but I think it's because I did put it out and you'll like this as a lot of what you talk about on the slightly unmeditated podcast is, you know, I've just put it out into the universe. Like, okay, I'm not sure. I don't see a clear path. I surrender. And then what happened? (laughs) (laughs) And the rest is history. I became a coach. (laughs) And here we are on a podcast of your life coaching prowess. Yeah. And I might have said it before, but, you know, I will have a lot of people, maybe even young people say, oh, I'd love to be a coach when they hear what I do. And I was like, yeah, no, I didn't really want to (laughs) be. It's kind of what, I mean, I did when the idea came, but it was like, you know, I didn't want to be, I didn't see that as a clear path. I really had to sit with it and surrender and say, let that inner guidance come up instead of me, my mind, my ego making the plan. So fascinating story in that I'm realizing that's exactly how I came up with the idea for the podcast uh, as well, because I was just in this terrible despair. Life had changed so much so quickly. I had no idea what I was doing, which was weird for me because I always had a plan because, you know, I overwork and got to be there, got to do it, got to keep going. And I gave, I didn't give up. I meant I surrendered in learning the things that I'm learning and my own personal growth. I was just like, that's it. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And ever since I made that statement, life is completely different. I had, I've ultimately surrendered on some like specific things also, and it's equally worked out, but that was the first time in my life where I was just like, I have no idea. I have no plan. And I, I said it out loud. Like that used to freak me out a little bit when people would say stuff out loud and, you know, move all the energy. I'm like, what is that? what? (laughs) I mean, I'm no foreigner of talking to myself because I do that constantly. But this was the first time I was talking to somebody else. Whoever it was, just help me out. I surrender. And I use those words exactly. And that was it. And everything has changed since then. So the power of surrender. That's amazing. I don't, it's okay. I hope that's so inspiring for people listening. If you ever get to the point where you don't know, and you just want to say, I don't know what to do. Say it loud and proud. Yeah. And I was, you know, I'm sitting here thinking too about, you know, people's lives and what trips them up. You know, they're mad at all their coworkers for whatever reason. They can't stand the job they're doing and, and, and how they go off on these tangents about things and kind of miss the opportunity to see that it's a door of redirection instead of just something slamming in your face. And I mean, you have the most profound examples of how terrible those doors can be. So, you know, if if those things didn't happen to people who are listening and they're just, by comparison, suffering minor inconveniences in life, um, like that's so powerful to hear your story and say, well, Jesus, like, you could have went the completely opposite way and hit total rock bottom before you figured out what you needed to do, you know, and your persistence and your 
willingness to at least recognize, to t- take the second and recognize like what was happening, I think is a step so many people miss. I, I can think of so many people now and just in my life who are overly agitated all the time and complaining all the time. And they're just, ah, and oh, that energy is just disturbing to me. So mm-hmm. I'm always most paying attention to them, you know, so I don't end up doing the same thing. And that kind of like grating irritation, let's talk about that for a second, because really what's happening is that person is in resistance. So say it's a bunch of little annoyances in their life, and I don't mean little in terms of minimizing it. I mean, this could be you, and you could be listening to us. And when I say this grading, everything is just driving you crazy, and it's just like all these little death by paper cuts. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've ever heard that expression, but it's like nothing's huge, but it's a whole bunch of these little things that are really making you crazy. Stop resisting. So here's the action. If you want to feel better, you're not, there's a bunch of things you're not accepting. And it doesn't mean like you have to accept if someone's treating you badly, but you know, you can have boundaries and you can decide how, but maybe it's accept what, how things are in the moment and then make a move. So maybe maybe there's a release that needs to happen. Maybe if someone's not treating you well, you need to move away from them. And maybe that's the path of least resistance. And maybe it's not even break up kind of move away from them. Just stop focusing all your attention. If they're annoying you, let's just say it's like friends or a relationship. You know, if they're stop paying so much attention to them and start moving and paying attention to things that feel better. Yeah. Yeah, because those people who are annoying you are probably doing it for your attention. And guess what? When they don't have your attention anymore, they'll probably stop. Possibly. Or let's just say it's even subconscious on their part. Mm. They That energetic shift of your attention going away, yeah, they might start to be less irritating or just subconsciously not even know and start behaving in ways that you do find more acceptable. You do find less irritating. So stop resisting. Accept what's happening in the moment. And then if you redirect to the path of least resistance, mm-hmm. redirect to something that's smoother rather than grating and annoying, something that feels good and is positive rather than something that's just like, you know, poking your eyes out, nails on a chalkboard. Don't give that all your time and attention. So if when we think about the law of least effort, it's like three steps. Think of it in three steps. Accept. So number one, accept. Stop resisting. So whatever's happening that you're feeling like you're shut out or knocked down and things aren't going your way. Okay. Whatever that scenario is, one, accept it. It's where things are right now. You don't need to resist it. You don't need to waste any energy resisting it or denying it or fighting it. Drop the fight. As the late Wayne Dyer said, fighting things never seems to fix them. The war on drugs is still happening. The fight against cancer is still happening. So it's not that we're for cancer or we're for drugs. I just mean like the fight against things may be not exactly the right energy in the law of attraction land, which I know I'm speaking your language, Tisha. Yes, my favorite. (laughs) The law of attraction. So the law of attraction and the law of least effort within it, accept is number one, two, surrender. We, as human beings, we cling and grasp. We have our plans and it's okay. A lot of times our plans work, but if we're clinging and grasping to things that are no longer working and having trouble letting go, just slightly relax your grip, surrender, and say what Tisha had said so beautifully, I don't know the way. And that's okay. You can have moments of not seeing a clear plan and not knowing what's going to come next. And the release of that, which is step three, release. Don't hang on to the pain. Look for the lesson in it all. So there's an energy shift happening there. Accept Surrender, release. And in the release, find the lesson. Maybe this isn't for me. 
I'm fighting, fighting, fighting to keep something or to grow something or to do something. And it's downright killing me. Sorry, I was just going to say it's interesting to me um, that I do focus on that more now when something does go amiss. And I'll say, what's the lesson here? And it doesn't even give me any time to be mad or sad about it. I'm already like curious about what's the lesson. Like now I want to know. And so I've kind of changed the game in myself um, subtly, but it it's fascinating how well it works to make me focus on the things that I really want to focus on instead of wasting my energy on all the things that don't even deserve my attention. Yeah. And we know the ego likes to pay attention to those negative things because the brain has a negativity bias. Mm. So it, it will want to resist. It will want to keep you thinking about that thing that's not going right, as opposed to thinking about all the things that are going right. And that wastes your energy. It's the number one lowest hanging fruit of stress reduction is to start accepting things as they are and stop resisting and start looking for that flow of things that are working and put your mind on what is working, which is actually the exercise of gratitude. What's working? Shift your attention to what's working in your life. And so if someone's in a point where a whole bunch of things have not been working, and let's just say you're in the perfect storm of events, at a certain point, start thinking strategically about what is working in your life to shift to it and start examining it and maybe even using the mindful beginner's mind. Look with fresh eyes at things, revisit things that you may have walked by and not even paid attention to. I would like to point out that the the focusing on gratitude isn't something you do like one time. It's something that you have to mindfully continue doing <laughs> over and over and over and over and over. I'm sure even the most experienced person in the world of whatever, uh, you know, um, still has to have a sticky note on the refrigerator that says, <laughs> be grateful, you know, because people think, okay, I'm grateful for all this. And then they expect miracles to happen because they, they said that one time on Facebook. And um, I get, I used to get down on myself until we started working together, um, being judgy about that. Well, I'm not grateful enough and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And I realized it's not just about saying, Oh, I'm grateful. It's about really feeling it and like kind of sitting with it and appreciating the things that you have, um, every single day and not just when you're in a crisis. Yeah. And your brain isn't going to naturally go there. So do feel permission or power to pull your mind to what does feel good about your life and be in that flow for a bit and see what happens. See what comes up for you. I surrendered and that's why I'm talking to you today. I mean, I wouldn't be here doing this podcast. I wouldn't be a life coach if I didn't just say, I don't have a plan and I don't know what to do next. And I kind of let it grow from within Instead of from my head down, I let it grow from my heart and go to my head to execute. And, and this is not to say that there haven't been times along the way in the last six years as a coach that I haven't felt like I was failing as a business person. The ups and downs and that's the can be an emotional roller coaster. There's a lot of things that you're mapping yourself and finding the way and what I would do in those moments was, you know, pull, pull back a little bit and quiet my mind a little bit and, and re reassess like, well, if I'm feeling really guided to this and I was feeling really guided to this before, then there's something real here for me. And then I would go apply to a job yeah, <laughs> and, and not get it. How about right. that? <laughs> so- Shocking. <laughs> So, you know, I may not have been a fit for that job, but, but the thing is, 
that's the invisible hand just kind of keeping me where it should be. And so where I've moved into higher levels of surrender, meaning, you know, just I want to be an instrument of goodness and whatever I should do, I want to use my skills, talents, and abilities in the best way. And then when I think about who five-year-old Kim was, I want to change the world. Let's face it. So right? <laughs> I, I am sure I'm talking, <laughs> talking to you, Tisha, and you have a similar mission in life. And, and I'm, I'm talking out loud to any listeners and I'm sure that touches off something in you to just say like, I will take those moments and then even harken back. Well, who was Kim? Who's always been Kim? You know, who, who, what is it? And, and am I using my skills and talents to the best of my ability? Maybe, maybe Mm -hmm. I'm going to trust it for now. I think that's a great exercise to go back to even your kidhood, your kidhood and your memories and like go through your old school box or whatever kind of touchstones that you have for that and and kind of spend some time with yourself and remember like who you are and and that really does provide insight it's interesting because I had a um natural inclination to kind of go back through my high school years a couple years ago when I was just like this is not my life like I don't know what has happened it's gone Mm. off the rails somewhere and I just had this like innate instinct to go through you know, my yearbooks and things that I've written and, you know, just some whatever I had in the house. And I remember that very strongly, that urge to do it, which was really cool because ultimately it's still, I may not have known back then exactly what I was doing, but I knew where I was supposed to be headed. And I feel like right now is finally, I'm back on that path again. It's been the same path. I just veered off for a while and found my way back. And you might have even been on it, but it just didn't look successful at that time. It was looking dark or feeling dark. It's It, it may have still led to all these different elements of who you actually are building this you know, building this path, this brick road that you're following. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure I'm saying that clearly is that, that, you know, yeah, who are you at a very deep level? And it's okay to surrender to what your brain has created as plans when you see the doors shutting for you and to go thinking deeper and to open up to asking the question, like, I don't really know. So so give me a sign (laughs) about where I should go. The signs will come and don't miss those beautiful signs. Look for them when you ask for them. And, you know, that kind of leads me to, to sanctuary. So isn't it a nicer place inside of you if you were dealing with things not working in that reflective, introspective I don't really see the path. I'd like to, you know, send me a sign and and maybe there's something different out there for me. Isn't that kinder than all the self-recrimination that would be common when things are falling apart? Hmm. I'm telling you, that has been the biggest life-changing experience for me is to stop the judgment and to realize that it's not my fault that I'm judging myself right? That monkey mind and all of of those things, those terms that you've introduced me to, I really just took to it immediately. And I incorporate that into my life immediately. And it is really life-changing. I Maybe I overused that word. I wish I had a better one off the top of my head. (laughs) That's quite all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm stuck with myself all the time. I can't leave my my brain or my body, right? So whatever's going on up there, I have to, you know, maintain control over (laughs) at some level or that's it for me. I can imagine where I'd be if I didn't you know, even in the last year, if I didn't follow through with those things, the exercises that you were recommending and just the self-awareness to not be overly critical of myself, especially when I'm not quote unquote doing anything, that was my biggest thing. Like just Mm -hmm. to sit and relax, I'd be like, I should be doing the dishes. I should be doing that. And now I don't do that. And I actually can relax and recharge and, you know, think more clearly 
And there's no anxiety I have to control. There's no self-doubt. I'm sure that'll come up again, you know, <laughs> but at least I feel like I'm under, um, I have it under control and I realize the power that I have over my own thoughts is like just amazing. That's why I say when clarity, compassion, and contentment are present and inspired life is possible because wherever you go, there you are. So if you are more in your head and in negative thinking or overthinking or worrisome thinking, no wonder people want to run away or can't wait for the next vacation or need to be surrounded by people because that's a softer place when other people are talking than when I'm talking in my own head. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of not making me feel good. And so you you have learned how to be that sanctuary for yourself. The the are you know, is there is your own mind a soft place to land or is it a really negative place full of recriminations and what the hell's wrong with you to yourself. And that's what I mean about sanctuary. When things go bad, and I do hope that everyone listening has a good friend they could talk to or some resource when things go bad. But even, but then even after that, when you go home to yourself, is that a soft place to land? Or is that the punishment, the self-punishment and the self-recriminations? Because what I can tell you from a compassion, specifically self-compassion piece is we are far better off if we are kind to ourselves and have that level of sanctuary because you can kind of go inward, you can be kind to yourself, you can maybe say, well, things aren't working, can I just reflect Maybe I need to learn. Maybe I need to grow. Maybe I need to journal. Maybe I need to just um, try something new. But is it a kind sanctuary for for difficult times when you go inward? Yeah, yeah, definitely has improved uh, immensely and and quickly because I think once I shifted my perspective and I really acknowledged and remembered those things you were saying. Um, and and really, what is this, episode 13? So we've only done like 13 weeks of this. <laughs> and, and I'm already, I mean, it's so dramatically different that I, I'm actually aware of how different it is, you know, um, because I want to maintain the peace. I want to um, continue feeling good all the time instead of stressed out and frazzled and frustrated at everything that goes wrong you know, all the time. Right. We want to live inspired. So you want, it's not that people don't want to work hard. You want to work hard, but you want to feel good about the work you're doing. You don't want to feel badly and you don't want to feel like you're punishing yourself. And you do, you don't, we don't really want to feel like we're totally making our own way. I mean, initially that might feel good, but I have to say, We do want to plug into a little bit of a higher power because if we don't at all, at all, and let me just say in, in, in a, in a higher power, someone's, you know, feeling like this is a little too spiritual talk, you know, maybe even a higher power is some other people, friends, associates, mentors, people that are helping you along the way, your time people, you know, maybe they're coming and they're teaching you the right thing or sharing the right information with you at the right time we're not alone. And right. and that's such a good thing. It, we're not completely alone. And I hope no one is alone. And I, I hope that too, I guess what I'm really trying to say too is, and when you're alone, or you f- at least feel alone, I hope that you aren't mean to yourself when you're alone or uncomfortable with that or trying to run away from that. I want, you know, there is an expression when you Make friends with yourself. You never, you're never alone again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was always my best friend. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> but now I realized too, you know, back then my best friend, t- you know, talked, talked down to me and put me down and said mean things about me. And yet I would never actually do that to another human, but I was perfectly fine doing it to myself for, you know, all of these years and again, that is part of being human. You know, we all have a learning curve. 
So I give myself, I forgive myself for doing that because now that I know better, I'm just going to do better. And I surrender to that. I'm fine with that. I accept it. And, and I don't hold myself accountable for all the bullying I've done to myself for, you know, 30 years. So, yeah, that was natural and normal. It's a pitfall of being human, but just shows you um, how freeing a lot of these principles can be when we reflect and we're not just going with the flow of what we feel like society feels like we should do or or what we're seeing everyone else do. Oh, I'm supposed to be tough in my own mind to myself or that's someone else's voice. Um, and I've cultivated a negative voice. I mean, it is extremely important when you're weathering a storm, if you can go inward and find kindness and sanctuary. So that's kind of where I'm coming for. I want, want everyone listening to think, when I go inward in tough times, is it a soft place to land? Or is it a place I'm clawing my way out of? And with that, to reflect too on surrender is you don't have to know all the answers all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you've gotten to a point or if you get into a point soon where you just don't see a clear picture forward, it's just in that moment. You can sit with that for a while. You don't have to run away from that and you don't have to resist that. You can surrender and say, you know, I don't have all the answers right now. Yeah, I'm thinking about all of those stories you hear of those high-powered executives who just gave away everything they had and went to live somewhere in the most simple life and are the better person for it. And there's tons of those stories that you can, you know, read. And um, and I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I was hoping I could, but it just occurred to me. I was imagining people like living in the jungle and just bliss, you know. <laughs> well, when you said that, one of the people that came to my mind was Steve Jobs quit college. And then I think he did go to India to an ashram for a while. And, and you know, he said things that people thought were crazy. Like, I'm going to put, a, you know, a computer in your pocket. And, and he, I think too, a lot of people who have stories like that, they do take a step back. They reflect, they allow themselves to space to think. And that is where the answers, like I said, they bubble up from within those answers. So actually what I'd want to say to anyone listening today, if you feel like everything's falling apart, it's okay to surrender, you know, to allow that I don't have the answers in my hand right now or in my head right now. Let your inner guidance, give it a little space, sit with the fact that you don't have a plan just yet for a week or two. Let, let it bubble up because things might be falling into place instead of falling apart. Oh, that was the perfect thing to say at the end here, because I hope everybody <laughs> remembers that you know, forever, because it's absolutely true. And for a person who a couple of years ago probably would not have believed it, I a thousand percent will attest to that actually working out. You've lived after, it. After I surrendered. Yes. After you surrendered. And, and so to have been in those moments, to recognize the feelings then to follow something that was maybe a more intuitive, mm -hmm. you know, say intuitive, it's what's coming to you and following it and staying clear. Like I like to think of it as being a clear channel. I, so I, I need the clarity to make sure that I'm not overthinking everything so that I don't hear my real inner guidance. Mm. Um, I want to make sure that I'm, I have a rich inner life. And that's what that sanctuary is. You know, I'm not, when I'm alone and in my own thoughts, and I'm fortunate because, you know, I've had a chance to, when you live as a life coach, you're learning a lot. And so I get to do that for a job, which is awesome. Right. And so 
I realized that you have the opportunity to cultivate a rich inner life, which means you enjoy the time when you're alone because your thoughts aren't negative towards yourself or judgmental. They're going to amazing places and in their expansive. And this is where we can all be inspired. And it doesn't mean like writing a Pulitzer Prize novel. I don't, I don't mean it needs to be huge or big. And now you're thinking, oh my God, I'm never going to do that. Like it, it, again, that's just the brain trying to pick on you again. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I do hope that everybody's feeling a little inspired by this. Surrender has such a negative connotation. Uh, Giving your own self sanctuary and being kind to yourself, mm, a little uncomfortable for a lot of people. So these are two counterintuitive things that can greatly improve your life. True enough. Awesome. And Tisha, thank you so much for helping me bring out those points and in your own story. And and hopefully we'll even think of some more examples in, in how to dovetail. I do think that a good follow-up for, for this is resilience. So we'll do that next. We'll go a little deeper into being resilient. Uh, I've been waiting since like episode three <laughs> you to have. do resilience. <laughs> it's uh, it's on the list. A, it's such a great word. And it it's like you said, dovetails so nicely with this topic. Um, I think once people can wrap their heads around the fact that surrender isn't a dirty word, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, the rest of the stuff kind of falls into place. Absolutely. So we hope that you're feeling a bit more centered. We'll be back next Tuesday with another edition of Find Your Center with Life Coach Kim Perrone. And you can feel free to reach out to me at kperrone at center4c.com or connect with us at the Slightly Unmeditated Facebook page or Instagram page or email us at goodvibes at slightlyunmeditated.com. Feel free to send us coaching questions. We would love to put put it into a show and uh, you, you definitely can feel free to send those questions along. So that's all we have for today. I'm Kim Perrone, helping you to find your center. Each time you do, you build a better world. My heart is full. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, I wish you clarity, compassion, and contentment. <laughs>